Welcome to episode 5 of Advanced Scout, your favorite podcast about clutch baseball, a card game that's actually a board game about a ball game. I'm Paul Seeley, manager of the Fed Wheezy Fusion. Thanks for tuning in. Before we get started, I'd like to remind you that Clutch has a Discord, and it is awesome. Chat about the game, play games, check out cool team building resources, make memes about a Clutch Championship Series from 2017, and more. Come join us. A link to the Discord will be in the description of this podcast. So, um, I've gotten a lot of criticism um, from the in the community for um, for the way I start these podcasts, and I just you know I just wanted to say you know um, just wanted to say that um, I just I I just thought it'd be fun you know. You know, people say they don't understand, or, you know, they just don't find an opening bit to be, they don't like them. You know, that's, that's what they say. I, I'm not really sure if... You know, I'm not like an expert, you know, and um, I'm just trying my best. So, just wanted to get that. Uh, oh, sorry, I'm getting a phone call here. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. Maybe. Okay, bye. Sorry about that. I just think, you know, it, it's nice to have something fun at, at, at the beginning of one of these. You know, because, you know, the rest of this podcast is going to be all serious and stuff. And as informed as I think I am, you know, I, I know everybody likes different things. It's, uh, it's nice to sort of, you know, have some kind of, some kind of balance there. Speaking of balance, I want to devote this episode to a trend I've noticed in the current polar power season. Going too far off balance has been bad in this meta so far. A short tangent. By the end of the first half of this year, I felt like the best teams were the ones that loaded up on offense. They could use a constant aggro strategy to draw a ton of cards with rally cap and just keep the train running until the game was out of reach. Pretty much every team I built had a lineup of at least 3,500 points. Then, the Nerf Nation attacked. 
Rally Cap was nerfed. You could only use it when you were losing, instead of being able to use it to take a lead and explode the game. It's still good. It's a valuable card. It's won me a game before. But it no longer had the game-breaking infinite value that it had before. I still kept trying to build the same teams I was before, but I wasn't nearly as successful anymore. And it was kind of at this point that I started to think that without Rally Cap, there's kind of a diminishing return on offense. Because with Rally Cap, there's infinite value if you just keep the rally going. But without it, there's no kind of infinite value. You know, there are only so many good offensive cards you can play in a game and you can't play all of them on all of your hitters. On the other hand, I still feel like if you invest way too much in pitching, you're also wasting salary, either into innings you wouldn't use or into innings that are way too qualified for how low leverage they are. So I went into Polar Power thinking, you know, you don't have to be completely balanced, but you probably don't want to be too imbalanced. And so far, this general idea has turned out to be correct in Polar Power. Now, the sample size of this league is small, so there's no way we can reach any firm conclusions. But it also confirms the belief I already had about the game, and there's nothing like some good confirmation bias. So here's some data. Of 32 teams in Polar Power, 25 of them spent, at most, 3,510 points on either pitchers or hitters. Seven teams spent more on that on one side, and all seven of them are not playing well. One is three games below 500, three or four below 500, one is six below 500, one is seven below 500, and one is eight below 500. Now, 3510 isn't some magic number. It's an arbitrary cutoff because that's how many points the 9-2 Tigers spent on their offense. And within that range, there are plenty of teams that are doing well, teams that are doing poorly, and teams that are doing average. The point of highlighting this isn't to say that you can't go over this specific number, or that if you stay within this amount of balance, you're going to do well. But just that at some unknown point, it kind of looks like you're hurting yourself if you go that in balance with your team. I have a couple of theories as to why. The first is what I said before, that there are diminishing returns to investing a ton into one side. Anecdotally, at least, that has been my experience. In previous episodes, I've highlighted teams that went extreme in pitching, either in bullpen or in rotation. I think this concept holds true for each. One trend that seems to be popular is going for a completely terrible starting rotation and an amazing bullpen. The reasons for this are simple. One, relievers cost less per inning than starters do. And two, if you're pitching a bad pitcher, it's best to do it at the beginning of the game before your opponent can draw a bunch of cards. I think each of these reasons has some merits and some flaws. So first, yes, relievers will scale better per inning than starters. But you still have to pitch the innings your starters pitch. Even if your rotation is 600 to 700 points, you're still paying 600 to 700 points for those innings that your starters are pitching. 
how much do you give up by having a good four-inning or five-inning starter as opposed to a complete punt at this position? I think it's significantly less than the amount that you're giving up by having a terrible starter pitch three innings when they're salary for five. Starting pitchers costing more per inning doesn't mean that you should have bad starters. It means that you should have low-inning starters. Guys like Matt Moore, Julio Urias, and Tony Gonsolin have been amazing for me this year, and I've seen similar results on other teams. I don't think it's impossible to have a bad rotation and do well, but I do think it's pretty hard. The teams with a bad rotation and don't have an elite bullpen tend to fall into that unbalanced zone we've talked about. As for the other reason, yes, the best time to pitch a bad pitcher is when your opponent has as few strat cards as possible to exploit them. The main problem with this is that a ton of managers are using Aaron Boone in the first inning and filling up their hand immediately. I'd like to revisit this idea next season when Boone is rotated out. For now, it doesn't really apply. My other theory is that there are a ton of strategy cards that are very good with minimal investment that are just flat out better than the cards that require a ton of investment to work. If you're an all offense team, you won't be able to take advantage of strategy cards like Dialed In, Set It Man 2.0, or Massive Efficiency, which by the way is really good on Julio Urias. If you're all in on pitching, you won't be able to use cards like Hail to the King, Legends Never Die, and cards like Rally Cap and Good Wood won't be very good because you won't be getting the advantage or hits very much. In either scenario, you have to replace a lot of those types of cards with cards that only work because of your specific imbalance, and right now, I don't think those cards are good enough to keep up with the cards you'd be foregoing. Again, all of this data is a really limited sample size, and while it offers me extreme confirmation bias, it's by no means conclusive. It just seems like an interesting trend to look at. So, let me know what you think, even if that comes in a form of criticism. <laughs>